0: Hey everybody! It is two dads talking again, and oh boy, we are excited. Tom, are you excited? You're more than excited. You're, you're revved up.
1: I'm, I'm excited, and I'm I'm fired up, and uh and I feel like I need to issue a disclaimer and an apology ahead of time. We we've talked before about how we didn't want this podcast to be necessarily a political podcast. Tonight, we're getting political on your asses, on each other's asses, on everyone's asses. You are either, if this is your first time listening to us, you're either going to love us or hate us tonight. Um, And that's just how it's probably
0: going to go. And if it's your fifth time listening to us, you're either going to love us or hate us tonight. (laughs)
1: If it's your fifth time listening to us, you're going to go, finally, they got to the goods or you're going to go, wow, this is the last time I'm listening to them. And you know what? Either way, thank you for your your patronage to this point or uh, (laughs) welcome to the club moving forward. But Doug chose a topic tonight (sighs) that gets me right in the feels. And uh, I know. I'll be mostly unfiltered this evening. So apologies in advance and welcome to the team and sorry if we lost you.
0: So before we lose you, uh, it's it's just been, it's been a ridiculous number of days. So I'm just completely stacked up with, um with my regular work. And I was, I traveled to, for those of you who don't know, I'm in the Columbus area in Ohio. And just yesterday I had a report i had to get out do that i only had about two days to do when normally i do like four or five days and i traveled to detroit to do an inspection as part of my work and met up with an old college buddy of mine who i literally haven't seen in like 14 years had some lunch with him so like i'm sitting here not showered still enjoying the browns win from sunday which is awesome it's an awesome because pathetic uh i think we haven't won two like like back to back season openers since like the 90s or something or really? whatever that long yeah it was like 94 95 or something cuz i thought i saw someone said so it's, you know it's like been 20 years or maybe it was like 04 and 05 you know it was it was that kind of time frame though where you're legit pushing 20 years just to win game 1 twice in a row the other thing i saw cuz we're playing the steelers on monday night is that the last time we beat the steelers at pittsburgh was like forever ago, too, like 90s or something, because all those couple of good wins we got, other than the playoffs, I think, because we beat them in the playoffs with, with Baker Mayfield a couple of years back. And it's nice because it wasn't like a, we won 24-20 or and looked kind of good. It was like we actually were the better team.
1: Yeah, they they really did. They played great. So, that defense looked solid. I mean, they just it was never creepy. gave up and never quit on it. I, I thought your Browns looked good. There were a lot of teams that really kind of surprised me week one, but the Browns, man, they looked good. Your, it was nuts. Your were Dolphins
0: really were nuts
1: team. too. If two is healthy, that team is going to be an offensive juggernaut. And and you think about the injuries the Dolphins have right now, <laughs> like Teron Armstead didn't play. Their their single best offensive lineman on the left side of the line, did not blow yeah. against a team with arguably a top five or top eight pass rushing duo on the, the defensive mm-hmm. seven. And somehow without your best pass blocker on the entire offensive line, Tua throws for 460.
0: Like, I mean, some on. of his throws were stupid, though. Like he was throwing it 30 yards to like the left, like right before Tyreek gets out of his break and like, oh, he's there. <laughs> the timing, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was nuts.
1: It, <laughs> It was crazy. Yeah, he. Um, I was, my wife asked me afterward because she didn't get to watch the whole game. She was doing things around the house. She tried to stay tuned in so that she could, you know, support the fish and have some time with me. But she doesn't sit still for for two hours, let alone two and a half. Like my <laughs> wife does not sit still. She needs something to do, and I love her for it. But she just cannot sit still. And so she asked me, and I was like, "Man, Tua, I've never seen him look like this. I mean, I've been an advocate for mm. Tua, saying give him an offensive line, give him some time, give him some health. I think he's a really good quarterback. But this, I've never seen." anything like this out of him the throws he made were absolute bullets he was throwing lasers 20 yards down the field the placement was incredible he was throwing fade passes over the top of defenders right in a Tyree kills bread basket in the end zone I mean yeah. the guy looked and, and I'm honestly not I don't feel I'm exaggerating when I say this he looked like something between Drew Brees and Dan Marino the way he was Ooh. throwing that ball was insanity and I've never seen him do anything quite like it he made two two or three bad decisions out of like 45 pass attempts. Like It was insane. And I was so happy. This is the first time in 20 years I have had fun watching my Dolphins. Aside from the Wildcat for like half of a season, this is the first time I have enjoyed watching this team. And I swear to God, if they go into freaking Foxborough on Sunday night and lay an egg against the Patriots and score six points and, and lose some 12 to six game, I'm going to throw my TV to the floor <laughs> and like, it's going to be awful. They, they need to keep this up. I think they can. I think if Tua is healthy, I think this is who this team really is. The Chargers are a really good team. They went to a West Coast stadium for the game opener without their top defensive back, without their top offensive lineman, without the cornerback they drafted early in this year's draft. Like they went out there without key pieces. Uh, Jalen Waddell had an injury and didn't play much, you know, second half, and they still scored 36 points and made it look easy. When they called a timeout after the field goal with nine seconds left in the half, I went, most guys aren't willing to go out there with 20 seconds left in the half and try to score M- points. And,
0: nine. <laughs>
1: and Mike was like, nope, we're going to put points on this board. We got nine seconds. We can score points in nine seconds. That's
0: like so much time. That's like three plays. <laughs> yeah.
1: So they went out in three plays and moved down and got three <laughs> points, and the game was a two-point game. So that decision to go for it with nine seconds and to put points mm-hmm. on the board and to succeed – Aggressive coaching. He had confidence in his guys. They did it. It was amazing. That game was absolutely the most fun football game I've seen probably since the comeback with the Patriots and the Falcons in the Super Bowl. It was really fun Hated watching that, game. that comeback, watching you know, Tom Brady sucks. And, uh, <laughs> That was a fun game, but this is probably the most fun entire football game I've seen in years. Like it was great, and I cannot wait for the season. It's
0: Chargers yeah, seem to it? do that too. Two years ago, the the Chargers and Browns had that game where there was the. The pass interference, you know, call when when the Chargers receiver pulled on our guy, and everyone freaked out about it. that game. Was I want to say they entered the fourth quarter like 24-21 or something like that, and the final score was both in the forties. <laughs> I was like, what the hell just happened? So Chargers seemed to find themselves. I think that might have been Herbert's freshman year, freshman year, damn it, rookie year, really? whatever, first year. It was something like that. It was, it was. I know, I know, he was there though. So yeah, good times. This this week, I mean, I know every they have to because you know. Drum up their their clicks, which Tom is already doing by being like, "Oh yeah, Tua is like the angel baby of Dan Marino and Drew Brees." He was game one. (laughs) He was game one, right? But so was. uh... Maintain. No, you know who you know who was like Hall of Fame in his first game ever, Marcus Mariota.
1: Was he really? Was he that? Yeah,
0: remember because the Jameis Winston got drafted number one overall, and Marcus Mariota got drafted number two overall, and then because of the schedule, they played each other in week one. And Winston did pretty well, but Mariota had a perfect um, passer rating. Wow. But I think they also, someone also said like his average yards down the field for his throws were like five yards. So (laughs) it was just like, it was just like slants and guys making plays, but it was perfect. You know, it was, it was a perfect passer rating. People were like, oh, so good. And you know he is a professional quarterback, so it's not like he sucks or anything. But he
1: was a professional. He wasn't yeah? You know, is he still, yeah. is he is he a backup somewhere right now? I don't think I he, he was
0: is. a backup. I mean, I, I haven't checked on him. I think last year he was a backup somewhere. Last year but, was yeah. I don't think anyway, he well, is this year. Where I was going with this was that you know every year week one everyone's like wow what a crazy week one and it's so and they try to pick the storylines to get the get the hits but this one was weird. No one would have been like, oh yeah, of course the Lions are gonna win a nail biter against the Chiefs. You don't you don't win a one point game against the Chiefs early in the season. You win like a 14-point game where you jump out early and then, you know, they make another mistake. You don't you don't grind it out against Mahomes and win. Especially and then, in Kansas City. Right. And then you have, you know, Tua doing all that against the the Chargers. You have, I mean, for me, the Browns game was especially funny because it was like bad weather. It the, Someone showed a picture of the forecast and there's this little rain cloud right over Cleveland and everything else is perfectly clear for like 100 miles every other direction. But isn't and, that what
1: Cleveland is like? Isn't that just how it is there? Well,
0: it's I mean, but people, oh, it's the lake weather. Yeah, but there's five great lakes up there. It's not like you're the only freaking lake weather place. It was just it was the wonkiest thing. But then you have Watson like having wide open receivers and just throwing it into the dirt, like eight yards in front of them. That could be rust. It could be, you know, wet balls, but it, it that was tough. But then you have Joe Burrow, who's not doing that, but somehow only throwing 80 yards. Then you have, my God. So that Jets game, there was 10 minutes left in the game. And I just, I, I came over to turn it on for the first time. The next, I had just been working my my butt off with this, that report before I went to to Detroit. And I think when I turned it on, it was, 13 to six and the jets got their interception with, with 10 minutes left to play. And then I went back and worked and, and you know, whatever that was another 40, 50 minutes, I come back and I turn on the TV again. And now there's whatever it was, 10 seconds left. And the jets are down 16, 13 or excuse me. uh, The jets were up 16, 13. And I was just like, what the fuck happened? And then to watch the doink to force overtime. And then the punt return for a TD With Aaron Rodgers going down and just it was just uh, oh, I think it was it was a bar in Wisconsin said that if the Jets win, they would pay everybody's tabs like they would just comp everybody's drinks. And when Aaron Rodgers went down, apparently everybody starts ordering more drinks. (laughs) (laughs) And then the Jets won and everyone was like, well, we have to all pay our tabs now.
1: Uh, that was a wild, wild game. I um, yeah. At the one hand, I'm like, damn, like it, it sucks to lose your franchise quarterback four snaps into a game, and that, that, <sighs> that sucks. But I mean, obviously, I I don't want the Jets to be as good as everyone said they were going to be. Being a Dolphins fan, yeah. but I was very happy to see them beat the Bills. Like the Bills catching right. L to start the year is great for the Dolphins. the Chargers so weird. And that for tie breaks later is great for the Dolphins. So I was all for it. But um, I didn't believe in the Aaron Rodgers hype all the way. Anyway, I really didn't. But to see him go down that way, like, you never want that for a guy. Yeah, but then they no, came back rough. and they fought and they got a really tough win out of that game. And I, I was really, really impressed at how they dug down deep. If, if they that defense can carry them to probably 10 wins, I mean, they really might be able to. If Zach Wilson cannot screw it up, if he can manage the game and not throw his people under the bus this year and not lose the locker room like he did last year, that defense is legitimately good enough to carry them to nine wins, 10 wins, like
0: almost by itself. So yeah, if Zach that, Wilson is not Zach Wilson. They'll do right, great, right? But but
1: the, the fun the one funny thing about that game is uh, so I did really well on DraftKings daily lineups this weekend, like really really well. I, I, I've I did really really well. I was like, yeah, what the hell? Let's, let's 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 do some prop betting on this game. You know, I've got some winnings. Let's do a little bit of prop betting on this game. Um, and I picked Buffalo to win, mm. which was unfortunate. But I it got that if they go up by ten points, you get credit for a win no matter what ends up happening. And oh really? They were up 13-3, so the bet paid off, and then they lost. I'm <laughs> like this is perfect, I love it. And I also <laughs> took Aaron Rodgers less than because I saw the the weather report before the game. Like there were there were notices about like oh they might delay the game, like they're not letting them on the field to practice. There's that much rain, and I went okay, this is not going to be a passing game, and I'm not super sold on the Aaron Rodgers hype. Anyway, I took him under two hundred yards, and I think I got like plus oh, one fifteen on it. And sure enough, when you throw for zero yards because you get injured in the fourth That's slide, less. that counts as under 200. <laughs> so I got like, you know, plus 115 uh, on that bet. I was like, well, this is kind of cool. It's been a good weekend on things.
0: There was a tweet that was going around because some guy apparently tweeted when the rain started. He said something to the effect of like Aaron Rodgers is gonna is gonna break it or was it pull his ACL in two and a half hours. (laughs) He tweeted out before the game and two and as someone said two hours and twenty four minutes after he tweeted (laughs) it was when he was out.
1: He got injured. Uh,
0: Just like
1: how would you feel if you're that guy? You know, I mean, how do
0: you? I don't know. I guess you if you're really shameless, you're like, thank you, fifty thousand more followers. <laughs> Just because you I, know, everyone's like, I want to see if he does it again. I'd
1: be I'd be auctioning off my neck my next prediction. I'd be like, all right, <laughs> yes, let's let's right. see one dollar per vote vote for the team Mm -hmm. you hate the most and i'll predict their quarterback goes down like you know if you're if you're a dolphins fan you know you better donate a dollar each or i'm gonna go ahead and make a prediction about two
0: and watch the money roll in you know no you're you're monetizing bad juju now oh yeah you gotta monetize what you can today man you
1: gotta monetize what you can today because you know why the government's gonna take a big old bite out of everything while prices go up and you know you gotta get yours where you can get it
0: it's not even a subtle segue, Tom. Nope, wasn't trying to be.
1: <laughs> wasn't trying to be. Should we do dad jokes first, or do you want to do them later? Uh, like, do I do don't want know. To
0: dad jokes? I don't know. We could do them now, I guess, because once we once we get once we get rolling on on this topic, we're going to be rolling, and we're going to go all over the map, literally. I'm going to dig deep into history. Yeah. With I think we're going to go down a rabbit hole on this with one, thoroughly so. unvetted, unprofessional unresearched history <laughs>
1: yeah I, I may not go to sleep tonight it may this may go so long it becomes a three-parter and i just stay awake until it's time to get the work done
0: <sighs> all right I'll, I'll go i'll do my first all right what is sticky and brown
1: oj simpson's conscience
0: mm, a stick
1: nice thank you nice
0: that's that's <laughs> pretty good
1: my, mine is a, a true dad joke and it's even shorter and sweeter than oh. that one
0: how is it possible to be shorter and sweeter?
1: Dad jokes are a lot like U.S. presidents. This one's fucking awful.
0: <laughs> I think you're on to like three hot takes to my zero. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That feels like an evergreen dad joke, though, because, you know, it's um. whenever the first time I saw Shooter with Mark Wahlberg in it and he mm. opens up the laptop and he goes, OK, let's see what lies they're selling us today. And when I first saw it, I was like, oh, good. He's like a weirdo in the woods because I was still younger and stupider now that I'm older, smarter and more conspiratorial rabbit hole just because it's fun to go down of nothing else. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I wasn't so far from the truth, I feel like, because there's always some sort of spin no matter who you hear from.
1: Yep. Misinformation and disinformation are just common tools.
0: Always have been. Just looks different now.
1: All right, so let's um, let's see. So tonight, Doug Doug
0: said, you know, here's uh,
1: <laughs> let, let's just do a topic thing. Let's instead of having articles and headlines, let's try another topic episode. Which which I was because we're boring.
0: For. We're boring with headlines. We're like, okay, so I picked yeah. my article from this place and it's dated this date, and we'll still probably do that at some point when we're lazy. <laughs> Somehow you
1: sounded like an Avon sales rep when you did that voice. I don't know what. that oh, really? Was, but yeah, I mean, like Avon calling. Like you could have just that could have been you.
0: I should have been, I should be practicing my um, uh, NPR voice. You have an NPR voice. No, no, well, not normally, but I, I could probably turn it on could be like, hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Dads Talking. Thank you for tuning in today. It is a lovely day outside. Um, personally, I, I like to take my dog on walks on days like today. Um, and then I'll switch over to the classical music station where it'll be me again. Please capture that. I want that as the intro
1: for this episode. I, I, that has got to be an intro for this episode. It has to be. Oh, all right. So anyway, so he said. So anyway, this, so he sent me this topic, and he said, uh, "Yeah, let's talk about what's happening out in New Mexico with the mm-hmm. governor's statements, and mm-hmm. let's go down that rabbit hole." And I went, Whee! "That was going to be what I want to talk about anyway." Great. <laughs> However, in the meantime, Biden said something that really, really set me the wrong way, and it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little miffed at our leadership. So, yeah, let's talk about leadership in America and let's talk about our elected officials who are there out of a sovereign duty to represent the people and do what is best for the people and look out for the people. Let's talk about them for a little bit. And that's what we're going to do tonight.
0: OK, so, Tom, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What 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 happened in New Mexico? Can you um, can you tell us?
1: So there was an awful, awful act of gun violence in New Mexico, um,
0: mm-hmm. which a lot, is, but yeah. yeah.
1: Unfortunately, this is something that we're dealing with in our country, and we haven't found a, a good solution and a good path to, to resolve it, but it continues to happen. And the governor came out, and she said in no uncertain terms um, to the people mm-hmm. in a room in front of a camera that uh, the Second Amendment right no longer applied to them. She was banning the carry of firearms, the legal carry of firearms by citizens with a concealed carry permit. It was no longer legal. There's a 30-day, you can't do this order. And Open carry, too open carry as well. She, she banned mm-hmm. it all. Um, you will be arrested. You will be fined. You will face jail time. And when someone asked her, you know, doesn't this conflict with your oath to uphold and support the Constitution? Her response was something to the tune of, I don't believe that the Constitution is necessarily binding, um, and neither is my oath to uphold it and defend it. That's <laughs> the part of this. Actually, I'm sure I've got the quote. Here we go. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath is intended to be absolute. And you know what? I can actually get on board with that if you remove the including my oath, because there are exceptions to every rule. And if that's what you're trying to say there, okay, you, you can argue with me and we can have that conversation. And, and I won't call you the names that I called this woman when I first read this story. But when you say that your oath is not absolute, that is where I have the problem. What mm-hmm. you're saying there is that you're promising to do things for the people of this country But you don't really have to. And if you don't want to, you're not gonna. And that is not what our government is supposed to be. And that is not what an oath is supposed to be. You can find context to argue, context that is subjective, context that may not be as all encapsulating as maybe we think it is in a document that was written 200 and almost 50 years ago. Okay, I I can get on board with that. We can have that discussion. But you're not gonna tell me that you can get up and promise people that you're going to do a thing and take care of them and look out for them and then say, yeah, but I don't really have to. Like, it's not really important. That's like taking your wedding vows and saying, ah, you know, I'm, until death do us part, I'm going to be faithful to you in good times and in bad. And well Most times of and the in time. <laughs> I'm, I am going to be a, a faithful and loving and caring com- com- companion for you, unless I don't want to. In which case, you know, I'm just not going to. But, but it's okay because, you know, my oath isn't binding. That's the equivalent of this, except that this DB is saying this to an entire population of people who have sworn, sworn her as their leader and chosen her out of the other crap pool of elected official possibilities that we gave them to pick from. And they said, we believe in you more than all these other douchebags. Why don't you get up there and do a good job for us? And she's saying, Oh, I will. I will. But you know what? Turns out I don't really have to, I don't really, you know, thanks for your vote. And and I'd appreciate if you vote me back in next time, but, uh, I think you can all kiss my ass because I don't want to. That's what she said. Sorry, this is Doug's topic. Go ahead, Doug.
0: Well, for those of you who've listened to us, you know the the drill here. I'm going to be pretty much on Tom's side on how should I say this? The very, I guess, the narrow issue here. The the thing for me is it it's not even the vows thing for me. Like the 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 oath where she says, you know, I'm just not going to follow my oath if I don't want to because. My personal take on politicians is they never, th- this is what a politician does. They try to get your vote, they try to gussy you up, they try to show you why you're so great and, you know, you should vote for me. And then once they get in there, they now have obligations to all the people who funded them or supported them or helped them along the campaign trail. Because that's how you get back. Because otherwise, those same powers that be will just go pick somebody else. And, and here comes the unqualified history teacher in me. But I spent a lot of uh, one, part of my degree from college was Greek and Roman civilization, and we read a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of short excerpts and short speeches from Roman Senate hearings and and some of the Greek city states that were that were you know found and recorded and all that. And guess what? They're politicians. Literally, when you translate some of the idioms that that they say, just like the 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 local stuff that you start to figure out, they <laughs> say the same stuff. They'll stand up and grandiosely be like, "You don't care about the common farmer, and you're just in it for your own glory and your own benefit." Like they accuse each other of the same stuff, and then you come to find out that they went into the back room and you know cracked up in a beer together, and they're like, "Man, good job." So to sit here and say that the likes of Pelosi and McCarthy and and all those guys aren't doing something similar, you know, like their their own version of like. It, all the world's a stage when it comes to politics, and it's been that way for all of human history. So for her to be like, I can do whatever I want, um, that was not a surprise to me. What it was was the actual I can do whatever I want part. It was how blatant it was. She She's trying to play the whole, well, we've got a crisis and this, that, and the other thing. But when she was asked if she believes the order is constitutional, she didn't say yes. She said, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think I have the right that word choice to me was the like, oh, wow, you're really full of yourself. Because she wasn't just saying, yes, I think I'm allowed to do it either by my state constitution or or by some gray area. She basically just said, uh, yeah, you dingus, I know what I'm doing. You don't. There's like that extra sarcastic undertone to it. So that's my view of it narrowly. When David Hogg, of all people, is saying, uh, yeah, I don't think this is constitutional. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe I agree with David Hogg on anything, particularly when it comes to the Second Amendment or guns or anything else. But he's in it for his own clicks, too. I will say that there is a discussion to be had because she's a state governor and the Constitution is federal. And you can make up a situation where a state probably could defy something federal and have it be the right thing to do. I think you're going to be very, very hard pressed to have a state defy something that's in the Bill of Rights, because those are pretty straightforward. But I think there is something to be said about, I mean, because, well, hell, what is it? The um, 10th Amendment, 9th or 10th Amendment, it's one of the last ones, the Bill of Rights basically says, if just these, like, I think it was the 9th one, it basically said just these last eight amendments that we've talked about. Don't be an idiot, you know that these cover other things too. It's not like you can do everything else to the citizenry other than these like eight amendments and and the Constitution does explicitly say if it's not outlined here, then it's up to the states. So it was meant to have significant state power in regards to this. but I think the best counterpoint I've heard to this so far was someone's pointed out that the reason it's unconstitutional for her to do this is because the Second Amendment does not give you the right to have guns. The Second Amendment protects the you from having the government take away your guns because it says your right to bear arms shall not be infringed. So the Second Amendment is saying the government can't do something. So for her to say you're not allowed to have your guns, that actually is a direct violation of the federal level constitution. And since the state still falls under it, that is that's actually a more direct reference to to violating the Constitution. Instead of just saying, you know, she's not just breaking a rule; she's breaking the right that the rule talks about.
1: Woo! Yeah, the, the federal Constitution <laughs> kind of sets the sets the the parameters and the guidelines and bumpers. What it
0: is, yeah, it should be know. bumper guards, really. I mean,
1: and and states, states all have the right to be more exclusive in the Constitution, like they all have the right to be more strict and more specific, but they don't have the right to do away with things that are straight up established in the Constitution. You can make it stricter, but you can't make it more loose. And what she did,
0: like the big D. Like the big D. And then yeah. For those the big Dallas defense. <laughs> for those who missed that conversation. That's really, let's not let that hang out there for a while. <laughs> don't let the big D hang out.
1: Apparently it does mm. well in all weather conditions. I mean, I don't mm. know. It's, no, she she really I like your point and I like what you're saying, but but honestly the the O thing is what really got to me because I look at what you're doing in the office. And a lot of it can be interpretive. You know, the government documents and governing documents that we have, laws that we have, there is a reason lawyers are worth the money they're paid for because the stuff is complex and it's not straightforward and it's not always quantitative. A lot of times it is subjective. That's how it is. And so I can understand if if somebody wants to come out on a political stage like that in the spotlight and say, I want to do something. I'm going to take action. You have to understand everything is subjective and I am using this context to pardon the, the bad choice of words here, pull the trigger on something that I believe is the right thing to do. And I'm going to do I don't do know it. why I
0: didn't see that coming.
1: <laughs> I don't know either. I, I have no problem with that being said. I, I mean, Whether or not I agree with the decision is something we can talk about after. But if she had just said that, no problem. But your oath to the people and your commitment to the people as an elected official is the one unwavering thing in my mind that basically equates to treason. When you say that you are no longer sworn to protect the people that elected you, that to me is a treasonous act. And for that alone, honestly, I'd like to see her taken out of office. I know that's a reach. I know it's an over-exaggeration. I know that that's an extreme response to what she said and that what she said was in response to a terrible and awful thing that happened. But when you actually tell the people in an elected government that put you there that you are not sworn to uphold your oaths to them,
0: that's treasonous. So, you know, the meme of the guy that's sitting in the chair and he's going, huh? Uh, and then he starts nodding and being like, oh, I actually sort of agree with that. That's when you, that was me when you Joe Biden
1: the at the global summit. Is that what you're talking um, about?
0: Or Mitch McConnell at any speaking event right now. Yeah. I, I, treason is a, a very strong word, but I mean, you can't completely, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's completely unfounded because you're right. I mean, if if you're taking the spirit of the system, an elected official has a duty to their electors. And when you are directly infringing upon your electors, you better have the support of your electors. And she did not do that. She didn't even, she couldn't even have any like, a, you know, oh yeah, we've got 10% of whatever signatures are signing off on this or major groups that represent certain portions. She just said she was going to do it. She's just being an asshole with this. I mean, to, to put it bluntly, and I understand that you have your, your two very defined sides of, of the gun debate. And obviously, I'm on the side of if you're not going to follow the laws beforehand, why would you follow this one? I mean, there's definitely like you can follow the logic behind if there are fewer guns, there are fewer gun deaths. Like that's an easy logical string to follow. And I think to a degree, that's correct. And I I hate saying that because it feels like I'm giving a little bit of ground to my proverbial opponent. But it's it's just a fact that if there are fewer guns, you'll have fewer gun deaths. But the gun does is it really levels the playing field, especially here in the US. Your average police response time is what? In Columbus area, it's 12 minutes, which means they're coming to clean you up if if you've get if you've gotten jumped. If you if you don't have your own layers of of defense or, or plan in place, whatever that criminal was going to do, they've they've at least taken two or three, you know, stabs at it, pun intended. And so firearms to me are the playing field. And so when she issues this order that says no one's allowed to have guns, period, because we've had a bunch of recent gun deaths, it's like, dipshit, why have you had a bunch of gun deaths recently? Has it been a concealed carry person? Has it been someone walking around open carrying? Like, it was probably a concealed carry for someone that wasn't licensed to do the concealed carry and didn't go through a background check. Or it was, you know, like one of them was like, oh, this... 13-year-old died and a 14-year-old shot him. And I'm like, yeah, because the like teenager in the house is going to totally follow your stupid gun ban. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, it's okay. Cops can carry them. And like, well, then what's the point? Because now you're talking about, you know, now you have people who already don't like the cops and you're telling them, hey, only the cops have guns now (laughs) legally. It's just a whole, what it does is it turns good people against you and it doesn't do anything for any bad people. So it's just logically, What's wrong with for not logically, Um, strategically, just a terrible play all around. This was, it's not even brownie points. You can't, you can't possibly, if you're a remotely, if you're an above average IQ, you can't make this decision and say, oh, yeah, people will support this. No, only that there must have been, I don't know, did she spin the wheel and draw the short straw at the last illuminati meeting like okay who's gonna have to do the 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 whole wide gun band to pull the next block out of this jenga tower we've got going on here oh hey what's up gov your turn ah damn it okay fine you know like how <laughs> did you even come up with this even when your sheriff is like yeah we're not gonna follow this good luck
1: <laughs> yeah his public statement about
0: it was, he came out he else. was like fuck you <laughs>
1: We're, I, I'm not comfortable enforcing a law oh that infringes on people's constitutional constitutional rights. Is basically what he's he saying. So, so the the part of the thing that makes me mad, aside mm. like what you just talked about, is aside from the what, what I'm going to term as a misuse of authority, and, and that's just what I'm gonna to phrase it as right now. That was very kind of you. I'm trying to be kind. (laughs) Um, But the underlying stupidity of the logic is what blows me away. It's like you said, okay, ready? You guys can't carry guns anymore. All of you legal gun carrying citizens, put them away. You got a concealed carry permit. You can't carry. Sorry, guys. It's illegal to carry your firearms now. Don't bring them out. Well, guess what? The guys who are already legally carrying and concealing they're, they're already playing by the rules and they're probably, like you said, not the one shooting. I wish I'd done the research and seen, you know, learn more about the actual shooter for this particular incident. But all you're doing is stopping the people who follow the rules from having that force magnifier that levels the playing field for them. The people who are already breaking the rules, who are already carrying guns illegally, who are already shooting people they're not just going to suddenly stop carrying because you made one more rule that makes it illegal for them to carry. They are already most likely illegally carrying firearms before these acts. In the city where I was a police officer, it wasn't the legal carry concealed people who were going around doing the drive-bys and doing the gang shootings and doing the home invasions where they shot somebody and firing off rounds on New Year's Eve and Fourth of July and into houses. Those weren't the people who were already saying, I'm going to get my permit I'm going to go through the training. I'm going to register with the state. I'm going to follow the rules. The guys that are doing this are the ones who are going to be like, good. These guys aren't carrying their guns anymore. We got less to worry about. You, mm-hmm. All you're doing is empowering the jackasses who are committing these shootings in the first place. You're not doing anything to dissuade them. All you're doing is giving them more power and tilting the playing field in their favor. Because like you said, firearms are force multipliers. They, they level the playing field. It's what makes a five five guy with a limp and mediocre vision and sickle cell equivalent to the six foot six 275 pound muscle builder on the street who wants to take his wallet it's what levels that out well he doesn't have that anymore he just doesn't and none of the guys who might get involved in stopping these incidents are now going to be on a level playing field and i don't understand how empowering the criminals ever makes for a safer society i do not get it and that's what we're doing here and it blows my mind that people are willing to virtue signal and tie their their hopes to this, "Oh, I I took away guns. I said guns are bad. I'm a good person." And simply empower the criminals who don't care about the laws in the first place. I don't understand it. I never have.
0: Oh, jump in here too. That's the the you mentioned the, you know, sickle cell. That was oddly specific. Um, I'm a man and I I so I don't think about it this way. Ooh, but... say that in your NPR voice. Welcome everybody to the Man Show. <laughs> Where we do manly things with manly people on a manly podcast. We talk about guns and stuff.
1: <laughs> he just changed the name to Two Mans Talking. Two
0: Stop it. I was I was getting ready to launch and you now <laughs> oh, I'm so
1: sorry I derailed you there, but man, mm. I had to hear that in the NPR voice.
0: I'll say befuddled. Um, okay. So the uh, befuddled is the, a great <laughs> word. Right. I, and, and you know. It's it's not bragging. I promise. I'm not a small man, and I mean I'm not a small man because I like cheese fries. But and also happen to be above five five. So
1: he moonlights as a porn star. That's what he's trying to say.
0: Cheese and bacon. The um, it didn't occur to me until honestly not that long ago that the Second Amendment is really best like talking about leveling the playing field for ladies, for for women out there. And and you know, I'll finally make a hot take for one since you're winning like five to zero. A guy who I've been a, a fan of in the past is Charles Murray, who gets a lot of flack because he's in the whole IQ is partially genetic kind of camp, which obviously will will not favor you with certain folks nowadays. And I mean, I honestly have side note, no idea about any of that stuff. I, I it makes sense like why wouldn't the thing that determines literally every other physical characteristic about you in some way or another happen to also impact brain function? But he made a point one time that because in his I think it was in his book like about IQ, I can't remember what it was titled now. But he said if he walks into a room with 100 people in it, he can almost virtually guarantee that the most remarkable person in the room will be a man. And also that the least remarkable person in the room will also be a man because men's bell curve of IQ is much more flat. So you have more women that are closer to average IQ. But that also means you have fewer dummies who are women, also. And that's why he explained that a lot of your, you know, elite school professors and physicists and some of the guys are just doing stuff that takes a lot of brain power, like why most of them are men. But that's, he said, also why lots of criminals are men, because criminals do not require a lot of brain power and they don't have a lot of it because they're not looking for the long term. They're just looking for the proverbial quick score. So something like the Second Amendment really says hey, ladies, You've dated the wrong guy and he's kind of an a-hole now. And you know what? If he just, even if he's like not actually threatening, I think women are always very conscious of the fact that if a guy wanted to, he could immediately cause trouble and you would have a real problem. And so when you do a ban like this, you're basically telling every shitty, abusive ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, stalker, whatever there's no guns coming except from the cops and they might be dealing with something else anyway. So it's definitely not discouraging such illicit activity from people. So that was the other thing that really tweaked me on this was she's basically saying, if you're already kind of defenseless, I'm going to make you super more defenseless, especially if you're, you know, got a kid or multiple kids. And now you're like, well, I want to have my protection on me when I'm out with my kids. Cause I want to be able to protect myself and my kids. But now doing that automatically makes me a, breaker of the law. So if some law enforcement agent decides to support this, now I'm going to jail and my kids are going to be where, you know, it just puts you in one of those impossible situations. So you go from anger to like sadness. And then I go right to, it's like a dare. It's like there's some sort of political thing behind this where they want someone to take a pot shot at her. That would be the, depending upon who it is, that would be the greatest political thing. If like an NRA member, even threw a punch at her or something when they had the chance and, and nothing otherwise happened. It would just be a great way to show how they they love their gun so much that they don't even respect authority anymore. And that's how they'd spin it. That I, I can't come up with any other reason for this because if I'm her, I'm just trying to to put myself in her shoes. I would be afraid that someone would come after me because I am very directly telling you, I don't want you to be safe. And the natural human reaction is to be like, well, I don't want you to feel safe anymore. So, like, it, it's why would you do this unless you like power potentially as much as or more than your own life? I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't really compute for me.
1: Well, there's two reasons she would do this, right? I mean, if we're going to break this down to be strictly logical about it, Illuminati. Illuminati. Well, okay. So three reasons. So the Illuminati told her so. That that that's reason one. Is
0: reason the Illuminati one. in the room with us right now, Tom? <laughs>
1: They're definitely not sitting in the blurred background behind me holding a perfectly legal weapon behind my back. They're not doing that. So either Illuminati told her to do so. Or two, she has something to gain from doing this. Or three, she honestly believes it's the right thing to do even though she has nothing to gain. Like logically speaking, those are the reasons she would do this, right? She's gaining something or she just believes it's for some reason this is the right choice to make. Those are the only two logical reasons I can think of. I mean and then Illuminati.
0: Or or maybe she's like, you know, the Joker, like she just wants to watch the world burn, you know, if you have power and that's your that's your endorphin kick and you're just like, I wonder if I could do this. Like it's it's the it's sort of the criminal concept of like I just want to see if I can get away with it. Okay. So then there is that third one we'll maybe, say um maybe say malicious intent. Well, but see, now we're now we're getting into like stupid stuff that rational people don't think about. <laughs> so that, that tells you what it is, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, what would she gain if there's something to gain from this? It's what she would gain from this is that there would be some sort of a backswell of support that would allow her to either keep the office or advance an office, right? But that's probably what it would be. So maybe she thinks that there's a large group of people out there who are so completely fed up with this gun violence and who are so desperately looking for a solution to it that they're just going to applaud and support her on this, and she feels that there's enough people there that it will either keep her where she is after the next election or propel her to the next step, and she can ride that swell of support. That would be, I think, what, what she could possibly stand to gain. I don't think there's any monetary or fiscal gain here. So I think that's – if she thinks she's going to gain something, it's probably that, right? The if, if she really believes it's the right thing to do – If she really thinks, look, I don't care what we do. Any action is better than inaction, and I'm just going to take action. Maybe she really believes that, and maybe that's why she did this. In which case, she and I just have a dramatically different logical view, but I could understand like she just reached a point, and that's that. And then the third one, if there's an act of malice intended here, if she really does want to see, I wonder what would happen if, could I do this? maybe she is doing, maybe she is poking the bear a little bit. Maybe she is hoping something awful will happen here and it'll be so publicized, it'll enable her to do something else. I mean, there's there's sort of a chess game involved with your malice theory where if someone comes up from the NRA and takes a shot at her, If some legal card-carrying firearm owner drives up and puts a few into the side of her house or her car or even her driveway, you know, now she's got a big political statement. She says, oh, these guys are bad guys. These guys are the criminals. Mm -hmm. Now she's got more grounds to go after them. You've given her an inch and she can kind of take a mile. So maybe there is something to that third position that you posited. Maybe there's something to the Malice Act. Maybe there's a long game here I don't see. You know, I tend f- to think it's probably number one. I really think number one, she's gaining. She thinks she's going to gain something because that seems to be, unfortunately, what motivates our political leaders these days.
0: Well, and you're probably right. So and but what she has to gain, I think that the secret would be if there is something to gain, it's not from another elected position, because, again, since we're being all political on this podcast, where have the the last couple of um, press secretaries, what have they done? What have they gone to? Jen Psaki's at CNN. She's got her own show, right? Is it CNN that she's on, or MSNBC, or something?
1: I'm not sure which one.
0: And uh, and Peter Strzok, the CIA agent that was part of the whole you know investigation with Robert Mueller, and then it turns out he was you know having an affair, and now he's like a analyst for a bunch of these news shows. When really he has literally no moral authority or even professional authority. It sounded like over anybody. I mean, he's not as bad as Tubin, as we've discussed earlier, but that's a whole other ball game. With yeah, a he's big gonna make
1: come back again. He's going to do it. It'll be live on camera. He's going
0: to. He's going to go all the way. All the way. Um. The uh. It, it's funny that you mentioned because I, I didn't really mention the whole. She just, for some blessed reason, thinks it's right. Um. It reminded me of the C.S. Lewis quote that said, "The only thing worse than a tyrant is a absolute moral busybody." 'Cause he said at least the tyrant will rest on his laurels and rest on his gains a little bit, but the moral busybody will never stop because they think they're doing it for your own good. And that's the yeah. more dangerous ruler in a way. And uh that but I, I just have a hard time believing with the state of American and and really, let's face it, world politics and most of human history politics, that she's probably not a moral busybody that that really wants to just do what's best for you. That's just not the the type of group that politician draws. Malice is just, if it's malice, it, it, again, that's that's like sociopath level stuff. Like, hey, everybody, come look at me. Come be angry at me. I, I just, I have a hard time believing that, you know, like she's part of the cabal. Because if you're part of the cabal, you're not the one. Being very publicly named, you don't want people to know your name, really, if you're part of the cabal, or at least you have to have the completely alternate identity. So it's just hard to believe a governor of a state in this day and age would have a a 100 different, like influential alter ego where she decided she would do it. That's why I think she got the short straw from one of the Illuminati underlings, like that. That it, I I just think it's it's more likely to be first option, like you mentioned, that someone came to her and said, hey. We're trying to push X, Y and Z right now. This is your part in it if you want and you don't have to. But then, you know, you're out and we're you're we may not come back to you with a no chance again. So if you want to, you know, keep rising the ranks of whatever the hell shadow syndicate thing is going on, then that's it. And we know people do that. We know there's some version of that happening because it's human nature. You're telling me that a bunch of elected officials have never done backdoor deals ever in all of humanity. And somehow magically, you know, it, that way that means it wouldn't happen in America. I mean, hell, the entire world. America is actually known for being relatively clean when it comes to dirty politics. Side story, I had a college roommate. He was from a a family of influence in in a South American country. And someone just said, hey, they were joking. If you wanted to be president of insert country here, could you? And we're all like, (laughs) and he goes, well, um, probably, yeah. And we went, wait. (laughs) what say it again he's like yeah probably i mean i would have to pull some strings and and my dad would have to be okay with it and my mom would probably have to make her dad okay with it but yeah probably and we were like dude you're 20 and he goes yeah i know and like oh oh okay and he talked about how he would be like he'd get pulled over and the cop would walk up and take his id and they'd see his name and they'd be like oh okay be safe like have a good night (laughs) Just like, holy crap! That would just—that's we're not there yet. At least not here.
1: No, for everything. At least not for most people here. We're not there
0: unless Unless your name is Paul Pelosi.
1: That's a little different, but yeah. Look up the Uh, definition of insider trading, and it specifically uh, says in there this does not apply to.
0: And you'll see your name in there, or Elizabeth Warren, or pretty much anybody. That's why I think it's all a big game. Republicans do that crap too. There's a couple of Republicans that are like, oh yeah, he got into office and within two years of his like four year term, he had increased his wealth by 327%. And it's like, wow, that's convenient.
1: Yeah. Funny how even, that works, right?
0: Gonna, even regular people with insider trading info don't do that well. <laughs> and,
1: and, and most of what I say tonight is probably uh, going to rub people on the left the wrong way. Like I, I apologize, rub? but when we're rubbing them, we're, we're back to tubing. Most of what I say is going to rub you the wrong way if you're far on the left. And it's not because I'm a far right conservative, because I'm not. But when it comes to- No, you're really not. When, when it comes to gun laws, I'm I'm pretty far right. And when it comes to the desire for a strong but small government, I'm pretty far right. So on those two topics, I, I'm pretty pretty conservative. And so it will probably piss you off. But that's okay. Whether you're listening to me or you're not, and, and it's fine. It's, you know, you're know, you not paying my bills. I'm doing this for fun. And that's cool. <laughs> super cool. That's super cool. Wow, my my side tangent just took me completely off thought of where I was going with that. I rabbit holed myself and lost sight of Uh where I was going. Oh, yes. This isn't just a Democrat or Republican problem. That's not what this is. This is the way our government has, has grown. This is what it has evolved into. We have gone from a sort of Democratic Republic that pretends to be a democracy, and we've turned into this two-party tyrannical system where it, it's almost fascism. It really almost is. You've literally got two Ooh, organizations or disagree,
0: are, but go on. I like it. Fine. You're on a roll. Do You've it. You've
1: literally got two parties who have complete control over everything in the government and the way our country operates and complete control over all of us. It's two parties who essentially keep themselves in power and continue to profit by simply each pretending to be a different asshole and handing the baton of control back and forth and never letting anybody else play the game. That's what this is. This is like if the owner of the Boston Red Sox and the, not uh, bad example, the Yankees have a better, better reputation as historically. The owner of the New York Yankees and the and Tom owner Brady. of the LA Dodgers <laughs> and, and Tom Brady. It's Tom uh, Brady. But the the Yankees and the Dodgers, right? They The ownership of those two organizations buys the ownership of every team in Major League Baseball. And what they decide is, yeah, you know what? We're going to make everybody else suck. And it's just going to be Yankees, Dodgers, in the World Series every single year. And because that's the only show in town, people are still going to pay us, and we're still going to get rich, and we're still going to make money. That's what our government has turned into. No third party is going to have a reasonable shot at office. Like Ross Perot is the closest we've had to an independent or third party to get elected. And look how that turned out. So we've got this system now where Republicans and Democrats literally take turns being the asshole, and it's profitable for them because- after Republican A is an asshole, we're going to vote in a Democrat because oh, we're so sick of this guy. We need the opposite. We need to counter correct. So let's vote in old liberal Joe. And liberal Joe is such a piss poor leader that we're going to want to counter correct next time and we're going to swing the other direction. This is ridiculous. The system we have—it's literally one hand just handing control to the other and back and forth over and over again, there is no chance for real change. Until we can take money out of politics and insert term limits and, I hate to say it, age limits into politics, there will be no change in our system. It's going to be Democrats and Republicans pretending to hate each other while they secretly empower each other and make each other rich and keep each other in power for the rest of my life, the rest of my children's lives probably the rest of their children's lives there is no room for change because they have absolute and complete control of the government the economics the system when you control the system that determines the power you have all the power so go ahead tell me how that's not tyrannical or fascist I can't wait to hear this discussion oh well excited. what
0: you what you said is tyrannical and fascist I'll I'll agree with that um I win
1: whoo yeah (laughs)
0: okay good podcast thanks for listening we're (laughs) done for the night tom wins recording stopped the um maybe i'm the glass half full kind of type um everything that you just said is true except for and again doug's two cents everything you said is true except for the fact that it's turned into a a two-party system you imply that this has happened in the last 50 60 80 years or whatever um i would contend it's always been a two-party system they've just had different names because you have the federalists and the whigs and the democratic republicans and, and all that stuff like when you go back through and and that's where all the 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 that debate recently that kind of ran around the internet about you know who the kkk really was and people were like oh it was the republicans because they were called this and it's like well actually they switched parties and so and so did you know and that was the whole back and forth but if you keep looking back through. 100, 200, I mean, like America was founded and then like 20 years, they were like, oh, two parties. (laughs) Like after Washington was dead, everyone kind of like split off and did their thing. And I think it's, it's hard for, I think that's just another natural human thing because it's, it's easy to say logically you have a state of being and not a state of being. It's very, very difficult for a lot of people to get into a plurality of being and have these multiple options. You can sort of have a third one in in a select few cases, but um, I, I think we've always sort of been in some form or another, a two party system as technology has increased, as society has increased, they get the, the two party system gets more, um, why are words hard tonight, Tom sophisticated, which is ironic because I couldn't come up with the word sophisticated. That's because simplicity is life's greatest sophistication. Right. But at the same time, man, we're just going down so many, so many side tangents tonight. Um, I don't know what Trump is slash was because I remember my my now wife, I remember we were dating and that was when they were still going through all the primary stuff. And I looked at her and I started laughing hysterically. And she goes, it's like, so funny. And I just went, wouldn't it be hilarious if it was Hillary versus Trump? And she goes, oh, my God, don't even say that. That'd be terrible. And then a couple months later, I looked at her and I was like, guess what? It turned out it actually happened. It's the greatest show on earth. And I cannot for the life of me figure out, like, let's let's pretend there's the whole, I don't, maybe not cabal, but, you know, couple of power players. I mean, hell, we had like 25 years where it was a Bush or a Clinton in office kind of thing. If it's just a couple of families controlling everything. Um, was Trump one of their buddies who... At the last second, decided to be like, F you, Hillary, um, you need to shit or get off the pot. And so I'm just going to force you. I'm I'm going to I'm going to kind of be a little bit of a dick and, and break the little friend code here. Or was he truly? I don't want to say an outlier, but like he's he's the guy that's still part of the group that nobody really likes. You know, you'll have that friend like, oh, crap, Don's here. But, you know, he still occasionally is entertaining and, and, you know, we want to be nice and all that stuff. Was he that where after he really got into into place and started doing some stuff and people were like, whoa, we really need to figure this out and, and ramp our stuff up? I have no idea. But what I do know is that one of the unintended good consequences of the Internet is that we now get to see. Plus, you know, the, the Trump freak out that people made, we get to see some of the stuff that they're doing. And just you watch people be like, oh, yeah, Joe Biden is such a strong leader. And it's like, no, he's not like he couldn't even finish a sentence. And someone else ended the news conference and he goes, OK, well, um, I'm being told I need to go. So bye. That's not a man in charge. So it's the the cash out of the bag. The veil has been lifted, whatever you know phrase you want to use we're at at least an interesting spot in history because while humanity at its core has never really changed how politicians at their core have never really changed. um, To your point, Tom, major changes in societal or or economic or whatever kind of systems have almost always come at either anarchy or revolt. And I mean, America, classic revolt kind of thing. Um, That's when all this stuff has happened. But we didn't have the internet and all those other things. And the internet is another tool, but it's a different kind of tool that history hasn't seen before. It's like if Genghis Khan got the bow and arrow, but then five years later, everyone else did too, you know, kind of thing. Like what That would change the scope of history. And I mean, apparently they're playing a podcast that will convince you of that, you know, for sure. So when it's out there, I think what's happening is certain people are trying to push for we need to ramp up our strategy for whatever our end goals are. And there's other people kind of like infighting saying, no, it's going to be way more obvious now because the man with a long patience, you do not want to piss him off. If you end up having your own like homegrown Vietnam, I don't know. I I guess I don't know what's going to happen. I started out being all like, oh, I'm going to be an optimist, but I don't really know what's going to happen. What I do know is that I think that, We may not need a full on rebellion or revolt or secession to get through this. I think the most likely scenario is you're going to have Texas. They're going to say, you know what? We actually liked being our own nation for a while. And uh, we're going to try that again real quick. Um, It's going to be better than the Chaz zone in Seattle, mind you, because they're a whole state with their own border. They'll build up their own wall. And then you'll have some random ass state that doesn't really have the same characteristics, like Nebraska, they'll be like, yeah, us too. <laughs> and then you'll have like four or five states, they'll not secede, but kind of be like, we will only pay into X, Y, and Z systems, you know, highways or something like that. And, and then we'll just kind of go from there, and it'll be this gigantic game of chicken. And then your decision with your family, whoever you are, will be, do we... Lay low. Do we move to one of those states? Do we go more rural? I think it'll mostly just be a tennis match. There will be a lot of back and forth, and we'll all be kind of staring. But I don't think we're going to end up like a Venezuela or some other type of that kind of deal because because we have the internet. There's so many fingers and pies and so many voices that we'll be spending so much time listening instead of doing that. It might actually dumb down any violent action. I've been talking for like thirty five minutes.
1: <laughs> All right, well, then I, I guess I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll argue with what you just said and give you a breather. Um, right. I, I'd let, I need I'd a drink. A someone get me a Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, get him a Diet Coke, a cherry one. I think there, there are two fundamental problems with that view. One is that if Texas were to secede, like if they would just be like, screw you guys, we're doing our own thing. It wouldn't work because, A, they'd have to live with themselves and then they'd really realize what Texans are actually like and they wouldn't want to be with each other anymore.
0: Well, they they could just make a nice little long easement for Austin so they could get in and out.
1: Maybe. But, but the other thing is that, you know, then all of the best college football talent, arguably in America, wouldn't have anybody else to beat up on and destroy. I mean, I'll give Texas this. They breed football players in Texas. And if they couldn't destroy and thrash and dismantle the rest of us, what fun would that be? You want to see them beaten up on themselves. No, no so, they'll be just fine. They have their own little summer leagues.
0: And, and if if they really are the best, because they're not, obviously the Big Ten is. Man, Follow the money. People will go to them to still do it. Where do
1: most of the players that feed that system actually come from? I'll bet you at least 30% of them come from Texas.
0: Okay. And then the other 70%, I mean- the dollar baby business owner you know you know who the least racist people were back during all the jim crow days and emancipation days and all that stuff were they were freaking business owners because they went oh what's the color of your money green hey mine too the people that are motivated by that is what pushes through all that shit so i think if they succeed succeed secede, i think they'll they'll it'll be a struggle but i think they'll they'll have plenty of suitors being like well can we uh, still do a little business over here? Because you kind of got a lot of people over there. So fair point. Well, the, and, and the, that point it's, was really it, purely just it's a being, wrinkle.
1: Yeah, that, that point was purely really just facetious. <laughs> that, that whole point can be cut and post. Like really, you can just delete all that. Um, the real argument against the whole, the whole position you had, I, I really like most of what you just said. But using the internet as the sort of crystal ball that helps us see through see through things and keep people together and keep the real news out there and allow people to see what's really happening. (laughs) That's a dangerous concept because look what's happening in Russia right now and in China right now, where they control social media and they control the internet and they actually control what news you see and what stories you hear. They really do have a full grasp and a complete grasp, unless you're on the dark web of, of what you see on the internet. And there are a lot of Russians right now that believe they're not at war with Ukraine. They believe there are people out there in a peacekeeping operation and that, you know, while they're out there on this peacekeeping mission, that there are insurgents who are simply rising up against them for no good reason and killing their sons and their children. There was an interview with a Russian woman about a month, month and a half ago uh, where she left and she found out what was really happening and became like on camera distraught with tears because her son is in the Russian military. And she hadn't had communication with him in a while. And she honestly believed he was out there sort of a peacekeeping mission doing nothing and standing by a truck. And she finds out he's actually at war for the first time like a month after she gets out of the country. Because she, the, the Russian media out there legitimately has people convinced through its control on the internet and the news that there is not a war going on. And the stories that they do leak regarding it tell a very different story than we invaded a country. Granted, they had reasons. Like, I'm not saying that they were not provoked. I'm not saying that we're innocent in this. Because the West certainly did a lot of things that, that, that <laughs> we might have would, provoked we wouldn't,
0: we wouldn't poke that bear at all, would we? <laughs> no, not at
1: all, right? So I'm not saying we're innocent in this. WMDs. But I am
0: saying, <laughs> Iraq. We started
1: on that one. We're going to get there tonight, too. Don't you worry.
0: Um, in part three.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably part three. But I will say that the uh... people there who... Who live in those countries, in Russia and in China, the internet does not provide the service for them that, that you seem to hope it will hold for us. And I do believe that if mm-hmm. our government wanted to take similar control of the government, I have no reason to believe they couldn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know that I would lean on that hope. The The internet is not what's going to help us always cut through the BS. It's not going to be that what we want it to be. I think that we are given enough freedom with it right now that we believe that. And it's easy to see it that way. It's, it's almost our Superman. It's almost our protector of peace and justice and, and the voice of the voiceless. The internet is almost that for us. But I think that that's what it is because our government and our freedoms allow it to be that. In certain countries where they don't, they don't have that. Yeah, and I do believe our government could take that away if they wanted to. You can't tell me that it's a, it's a technological means that two of the largest countries in the world have, but not us. Like I don't believe that that would be possible. So that's my argument against that: is that the internet is not going to be our savior. It is not going to be what shows us what's really going on necessarily. That's just not unfortunately what it is. Because again, the system of controls in place, the truth is not at our fingertips unless somebody allows it to be. Well, That's fair point.
0: Question. I mean, oh, you you actually make a good point. Um, I would argue that it's it's our base system of capitalism where the internet provided a bunch of different voices to start out. So, I mean, I, I'm yes, if if the internet showed up right now, it would not look the same as it does now. You know, in, in fifteen or twenty years because of different characteristics. And I could be wrong, which means I'm probably wrong. <laughs> For those of you <laughs> listening, when I say I could be wrong, it that's that's a really short way of saying, I don't actually know what I'm talking about. I'm just shooting from the old hipster. A lot of those state-controlled media have way fewer channels. I think that's the other thing too, is people think, oh, how many? There's not too many things on the internet. There's Facebook, and there's Instagram, and there's TikTok, and then there's X slash Twitter. But then you start thinking there's MSNBC, there's CNN, there's The Blaze, there's Daily Wire, there's you still have your tv stuff going on there's the i mean google uh, you have all these different channels even you know now spotify you know is kind of becoming its own little like brand almost with with content that it can curate and youtube great example right terrific example i mean when you're when you're uploading m- more than 24 hours worth of content every 24 hours <laughs> you're you're definitely your own thing there's too much i i i would say that America's system and America's culture almost requires more people to get in on the action. Because if you bring more people, you bring more wealth and more power. Ironically, when you have Kim Jong-un over in North Korea, that's your one dude that doesn't want anybody else. And, and he's sort of decided that he's happy with his little lot in life. If he really wanted to expand his influence, he would have actually tried to barter some peace agreements and make some legit like friendships with other countries, because that would have brought in more resources. He didn't want to because he liked the control part. But if you want to talk about actual influence, like sphere of influence, you need more people. And again, probably just me being the optimist, when you have so many voices, you will inevitably have inconsistencies, which will blatantly show themselves to be not correct or having another game of foot or whatever else. I mean, you were a cop. How many cross-examinations did you do where someone says something and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And then you go back and ask first person a question and you realize they've just been like lying through their teeth the whole time. I'm sure you ran into that once a week at least. So to me, having more voices out there means there's more chances for you to slip up and screw up. Now there is an onus on the population to be like, hey guys, I'm trying to be a good person here you're really making it hard for me. And when enough people say, I'm no longer being nice, that's when you have some change and some problems. But the internet, ironically, because if you're going to have power, you have to have people to have power over. And what's greater than silencing people is letting people think they're doing their own thing when they're really not. So if you're a true power junkie, you want people to be talking and thinking they're expressing their own opinion. Well, the other danger with that is you allow avenues for other people to come in and say, hey, you're being a jackass. And if you start convincing all those other people that you've previously had under your control that you're actually a jackass, that's where things don't actually go bad. And I think our culture allows for some sway and ebb and flow and all that. The problem is that I also think this too, people want to be told what to do because it's a path of least resistance. That's why that one' you're 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 Russian lady. when your son is off on some peacekeeping mission or whatever, and you haven't talked to him in months, if you really sat down and really thought about it, is he really on a peacekeeping mission? Really? What you're really doing is you're not going down that that train of thought because you don't like where it could go. But if things get so bad to where you have to go down that that train of thought, that's where I think it'll come to a head. I could be completely wrong. Again, code four, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I'm I'm the opinion that because there's a chance for just a whole mess of information to be out there, it makes it harder to maintain control of all of it. You can kind of have a grip of it, but you can never completely corral it. There's always, you know, a horse out of the stable kind of thing. And when you're in power, you can't really do all of your plans if you got a horse running around out there because at least it's a liability. Hey, guys. Hope you're enjoying the discussion so far. Uh, We talked so long this time that we decided to split this into two episodes. So see you on the other side.